Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Hello, hello, another week, another episode of Dragoncast. I'm your host, Jamie East, uh, alongside uh, my erstwhile... Can I call you an imp? Uh, you, you can, yeah, you can call me anything you like. Uh, it's not the word I'd use. Is it problematic? Is it, well, um, you know, well, we're talking about season one, episode one, Game of Thrones, and my my my, my imp, uh, Chris Mandel. I'll change it later on. You'll become the hound at some point. Uh, yeah. Chris, how are you doing, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I am your stoic uh, northern uh, second in command. <laughs> See, I went with Ned Stark. I went with... Who am I on yeah, the Yeah, but that would make Clearly. me Robert Baratheon, and I'm not down with that. <laughs> but you're the king, aren't you? I'm very close to... I've got gout. I'm, <laughs> I'm surrounded by prostitutes. I've got, you know, several, it's, not, it's not a good look. Several fathered several children that are unaccounted for at the moment. It's, it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah. Um... Anyway, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is uh, kind of uh, Post House of the Dragon episodes of Dragoncast. As last week's episode explained, what we're doing in this week's episode is we are doing a rewatch of season one episode one of game of thrones uh winter is coming that'll be coming up in a bit um did a bit of a tr- twitter spaces on it last night which i think went very well mm. uh had, had a fair few people like getting involved leaving comments and, and and asking to speak we'll play some excerpts from that um just just off the top of things though how did you find going back was it was it an enjoyable experience how many times have you rewatched thrones oh. in total in total, only I actually haven't watched the final season again, just because by that point, I know you're I one watched, of them. Yeah, no, no, not necessarily, but like seasons one to five, I think I've probably watched three times. Season six, probably seen a, a few times, maybe twice. Season seven, yeah. I think I've seen twice. But this season one, I have watched many times, but I found watching the pilot again quite an odd experience like because firstly it is inexpensive it's safe to say they were not spending 10 million an episode as they are now on house no. of the dragon no, um exactly. and also jamie lannister's just, costume was very candor market and every a lot of it is like what would the what would like the royal family wear in a pantomime you know like it's quite like Almost looks like it's been piped on with icing. Some of the details. It's quite Shrek. Yeah, it's it quite is. Shrek, it's quite it? like yeah. Disneyland. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. It's. A, I think it's a great episode. But what I noticed a lot was just a lot happens and yet nothing happens. And also, yeah. um, just that there's a lot of scene setting, which we've talked about before. We talked about it last night on Spaces. Obviously, when there's this much to set up, um, you have to have a lot of uh, dialogue that is oh that's the queen's twin brother and he does this yeah. and this is the other person over here and this is the house you know but 100 percent yeah generally i thought it was really exciting and as soon as it ended i was like ah, i really want to watch episode two now <laughs> yeah yeah no i agreed yeah i was kind of keen to get cracking we'll come to we'll we'll, we'll we'll do our kind of deep dive um after the break we've got a few, a few things to chat about first um have, have you noticed any 
has the dragon news on the horizon oh. it's been pretty quiet hasn't it it's um so that, quiet. i'm kind of a bit annoyed there's a there's an official game of thrones fan convention happening were you aware right. of this i was in america so paddy is going to it Paddy's going. Not only is Paddy going, but there's, 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 it's, they've they've kind of dug deep and got some great people. Um, so Alfie Allen, Theon Greyjoy is going. They've got Joffrey going. Jack Gleeson, who I kind of like. Interesting. I've always wanted to speak to him um, because I I really admired his the way he carried himself through that. Because at the time of, of kind of like Joffrey's demise, he was like one of the most hated, you know. Mm fictional characters he was playing one of the most hated fictional characters on television and there was a really weird spillover wasn't there do you remember there was that period of time it was around the same time that um these kind of incels were all over skylar from breaking bad because she was so nasty to walter white do you remember all do you remember that discourse that was wild that was wild and but 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 Jack Gleason copped for a bit of that as well as Joffrey. And he was only a young lad then. He was probably, I think he was like, he was certainly under 20. He may Yeah. Been, and but, also, but he kind of quit acting, right? Like he didn't. Yeah. So that was anything. it. He kind of like, he just went, you know, he could have, I mean, he, he could have very easily taken top dollar, couldn't he? And like done some like villainous kind of like die hard eight. Yeah. Yeah. He could have the sort of career that like Barry Keown's having now where he's like in a Marvel film, he's doing indie stuff with Colin Farrell. He's kind of, you know, you could see that for him and he walked away from that. Um, But instead he just, didn't he just, he had some kind of like drama troupe in in rural Ireland, in mainland Ireland. Did something with puppets, I think. Which is absolutely batshit. Like, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. go, go for it. I love that for you. But yeah, it's interesting if you're leaving that world behind that you're it's still doing the convention circuits, but then I suppose I think they do pay. Well, I mean, bonkers. you know, everyone needs everyone needs a few quid, and you, yeah. Uh, so, and I would imagine it's a pretty good, yeah, it's I a pretty it's- good payout. And also, but you know, so not just that, but Kit Harrington's doing it as well. Tormund's going to be there. Um, wow. Christian as Hodor. Podrick's going. Uh, Gemma Whelan's going. Isaac's going. You play Brand. You know, so it's it's wow. pretty good cast. You know, you're missing. A lot you know, of people apart from like Lena and uh, Peter and, and and Amelia, you've got pretty much all the, all the biggies there. Yeah. All of the biggies. And just a a real show of like, look at how many people want to, you know, come in and talk about it. I mean, for someone like Gemma Whelan, who I would say didn't have like, her character was not like a huge part of the show. I mean, by the end, I think she was like, she's Theon's sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yara, and yeah, Yara was... But towards the end, she was, she was like, I'm going to just go and sail back over there while you guys do s- fight the White Walkers. I'm just going to get on my boat. They just didn't know what second. to do. I'm going gonna, gonna to stand I'm gonna stand up for Yara Greyjoy. She was badass. She was like... Uh, was she... I think Pedro Pascal, you know, um, Oberyn was, was certainly uh, bisexual, but was Jem... Was, was Yara... Was certainly like out and out queer right yeah i think i think so i, I think we did see her necking off oh, she was, i mean she was 100 percent sapphic yeah but yeah. by the end she was yeah all about the ladies um yeah, yeah, it, yeah. She, she was great i'm just saying like by the by the end like she, it was a character that like didn't... sounds like you're kind of dissing on the lesbians chris i have to say <laughs> very little in common with them i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> but no i just it's great to see them going on doing all that sort of stuff but she is a character that i thought oh yeah they just didn't know what to do with her in the end you know because her thing is I was going to say driving a ship. This is how little I know about uh, driving. Nautical. I think you sail ships, just <laughs> just piloting the ships. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that does sound great. Do they have House of the Dragon people, or is it just? Yeah, so so uh, Paddy's going. Uh, Steve Toussaint's going. He plays Callis Valarian, and Matthew Needham's going. He plays Lara Strong. Mm. Um, Don't trust which him. Is, which Keep is your really shoes cool. on, kids. <laughs> Keep your shoes on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you consider Game of Thrones to be an American show or an English show? Oh, that's British a show? really good question. Uh, because whenever I, you know, and I'm certainly not dissing, um, certainly not dissing HBO or any of the, the 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 vast vast talent on the production crew, but 
Game of Thrones to me feels like a British show, which is why, mm. like, when the official podcast, which is very, very good, by the way, not as good as Dragon Cast, but you know, in its own way, I always find it weird that it's Americans hosting it. Maybe that's cause, yeah. just because I've been in Thronecast land for too long. But I, de- I genuinely, in my heart, feel that Game of Thrones is British. Yeah, I do too, because actually, I can't think of many, bar Dinklage, I can't think of many American actors who play British in it. No, that's true. Everyone has. Nicolau Nicolau is Dutch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Christian was Irish. But yeah, who else? Apart from Dinklage, that seems to be the only... I'm going to have to have a look. I'm sure we can't be right. Jason Momoa, but he he doesn't really count. He was Game of Thrones... Uh, cast. Let's have a look through the cast. Yeah, let's have um, a look. Okay. So, Amelia, British. Sophie, British. Kit, British. Maisie, British. Jason, American. Hawaiian, rather. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lena, British. Natalie Dormer, British. Dinklage, American. Rose Leslie, British. Richard Madden. Is he Scottish? Scottish. He's British. He's British. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel, British. Hannah Waddingham, British. Pedro, is he... I'm going to have to do a bit of a look and see where Pedro is from. Chilean and American, Chilean and American. We'll, we'll, we'll give him to Chile. Um, Gwendolyn, <laughs> British, Sean yeah. Bean, certainly British, Jack Gleason, Irish, Tom Hopper, Esme Bianco, Nicolau was Dutch. Carice was Dutch as well. Oh, Aidan Gillen, so. Irish. My Stephen, God, you know, Ian Glenn. Stannis called Stephen Delaney. Yeah. Alfie Allen, um, that's John why Bradley. it feels inherently like a British show because it's I mean, sort of set in a country that's shaped a bit like ours. And- Darren O'Harris was American. Um, oh, was he really? I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I interviewed him. He was in The Haunting Darren. of Hill House, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he's he Dutch. Was. No, he's Dutch. No way. Up yours, America. Charles Dance, you and Rion. Um, yeah. Pilau was, um, oh, what's he from Borgen, wasn't he? Swedish, I'm going to say. Yeah, Swedish. Or Danish. Jerome Flynn, Mark Addy, Michelle Fairley. I mean, hands off cast. America. Hands off America. I'm going to say then, The Hound, Bella Ramsey, Liam Cunningham. Yeah. And then go into um, Dragon, Emma Darcy, British, Millie Alcock, Australian, which I think is a bit of a flex. Um, yeah. Emily Carey, Matt British, Smith. Olivia Cook, Proud Monkey. Paddy. Fabian Frankel, Ewan Mitchell, Eve yeah. Best, Bree Siffins. Yeah, hang on a second. Game of Th- it was filmed in Belfast. It's being filmed in London now. Hands off, America. I'm just going to say off. it. You are, we are loaning Game of Thrones to you. Yeah. Cultural you know, George import. might be American, but he's based it on, it's, you know, it's based on British history because Americans haven't got any history. Can you imagine a medieval show that was like based on American history? That would be, well, first West of all- World. It's Westworld. <laughs> Look what happened to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just been cancelled, hasn't it? I know. I was, or, I, or like wrapped up or whatever. I don't know. What well, I think cancelled. It was, I'm quite cross about that because mm. that, I don't want to shit on anyone's hard work and, and, and whatnot, but why, well, but I'm going to, I think a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> what a waste of a fantastic show. Mm. season one of Westworld was was fantastic season two was pretty good but season three my god um, what was so bad about it because I stopped watching it after season one it just it it just disappeared off its own fucking ass. it really Mm. did and I'm really sorry to say that because I was doing I was doing a podcast with Lauren Laverne um, for Sky about Westworld and it was impossible to keep up with. There was something like 13 timelines running concurrently at one yeah, point. Yeah. Whereby like the only, the only way of distinguishing between the two was the, was the color of Bernard's tie. Right. You know? Right. And it's even as professionally speaking, it was difficult to kind of keep up with. And I just think it just, it got too clever for its own damn good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure that there was a really good, like eight season arc that we were all supposed to kind of like fall to our knees uh, for in, in 10 years time, but it, it just lost us completely. In, Sometimes in when you have shows that are sort of known colloquially as like mystery box shows where there's, yeah. you know, the, the show is one step ahead of the audience. I think particularly with Lost, there was, that was a good example of a show where the audience actually had a few better ideas than the show did. And what you find 100%. with Westworld is 
they're so committed to confusing you that they forget to actually tell a cohesive story. All they had to do, and I know it's not may not have been as creatively nourishing to to Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy, um, was it was there on a platter. They'd done Westworld, which was the cowboy one. They'd hinted yeah. at like Raj World. Um, there was a few scenes in like the Second World War or Vietnam. All they had, to, all we wanted as fans was five seasons each in a different world. Mm. You know, keep the characters and like the, you know, we really enjoyed the fact that um, Maeve's storyline was running all the way through it and, you know, this, that and the other. Made a huge mistake getting rid of Anthony Hopkins. Um, but all they had to do was do five seasons, like Vietnam War World, yeah, yeah. Second World War, you know, Jurassic, whatever, whatever it would have ended up being and then it then done like a wrap-up where where like the overall where the religious metaphors all came out to play and then they had mm. their fun and 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 whatnot and and had a few episodes like that but i just i was really disappointed with it and just was not surprised uh that hbo decided to to boot it up the arse at some maybe- point it's just not worth trying to stoke the fire if people aren't staying with it either and i think from what i read the third season was so disastrous that it it just people just weren't going to come back and they weren't going to stay It's a shame because they did kind of claw it back a little bit with season four. It was actually pretty good. It's Um, interesting though, because it just goes to show like you need a plan. You need a cohesive plan. You need a, you you know, when you're pitching shows now, as House of the Dragon clearly has, you you need to have like a this, then this, then this, then this, and then we end it. Yeah. I mean, this was Aaron Paul's big, like post Breaking Bad um, role. And it stunk. He's not good in Shame. it. That was a big, they, when they no, he was back. good, you know, I mean, he's always pretty watchable, but you know, it's like, mm. was it Harrison Ford who, who used to shout at George Lucas was like, you can sure as hell write these lines, but you don't, you're not the one that has to say them. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's that, it's that, it's that kind of thing where it's just, you can emote and, and act you and act as good as you can, but it's, you know, if you, if what you're saying is just a load of fucking shit, <laughs> it's like, quite difficult to justify anyway yeah. enough enough ragging on on westworld it's gone and it's a shame um but go i think you can probably go back and watch seasons one and two and um and and just leave it at that a little sidebar you know when we chose our three um programs to rewatch, yeah we missed we missed a sitting duck we missed one of the what would be one of the most interesting rewatches ever which is the oa Oh, that would have been really good. I've actually never seen. I've never seen the. I saw the first episode. Oh, I saw the first episode. Oh man! Oh, you know what? I kind of feel like we need to do the OA. We might have to. It's shorter as well. It's two seasons. Two seasons, very controversially as well. Yeah, well, that was that was this. I remember distinctly when Netflix cancelled it. I'm still cross about it. I was working in Netflix when it happened. I was um, livid. This was when Netflix wasn't really in the business of cancelling stuff unless it was dreadful. And this was a cult yeah. beloved show that they sort of just didn't see a way through. But that's actually it's, worth And the it. way that it ends as well is just, it's one of the most batshit uh, season finales I've ever seen in my life. Like just insane. Um, I kind of feel like we might need to have a chat offline <laughs> and, and work out. Because you're right, it's only like, 16 eps we could do right. one of those a week it might, might be quite and i reckon and I, and I reckon in fact people leave comments on on twitter or youtube let us know if you've actually watched the airway because if netflix are right uh hardly any hardly anyone watched it which is why they cancelled it so i'd be really it's, interested to know yeah if anyone's watched it and if anyone would be interested in that but i was thinking about that the other day it was just like shit i'd love to watch that again what a great show it's time to get stuck into it, actually. So this is the first of our rewatches, if you don't know what we're talking about. After The House of the Dragon finished, we agreed that we were going to kind of rewatch uh, Game of Thrones, but not every single episode because it would have taken a year and a half or something crazy. Um, so what we are instead doing is asking you, the listeners, to choose which three episodes we will rewatch from each season. And this is the first of those. We're going to be doing season one, episode one, Winter is Coming. We're going to be doing season one, episode four, cripples bastards and broken things and then we're going to do season one episode nine Baylor over the next uh concurrent weeks mm-hmm. but if it's been a while since you watched season one episode one of game of thrones fear not because our sister podcast previously on does little micro catch-ups and recaps of every single episode of game of thrones uh we're going to play it right now if you know what we're talking about just skip ahead about five minutes and we'll see you in a second 
We are in Westeros, a continent set to the west of the known world. Other continents exist and become relevant later on, although most of the story is set here. First of all, we saw three Rangers of the Night's Watch, a military group that guard the Wall, which in itself is a 300-mile-long structure that separates the wildlings of the north from the rest of the continent. These rangers came across some White Walkers, which are humanoid ice creatures believed by most people to be a myth, along with some Whites. Whites are zombies the White Walkers have reanimated, one of their special skills. Two of the rangers got killed, but one managed to escape to bring news of the encounter to Lord Stark, Warden of the North, who executes him for fleeing his post, not believing his story. Right then, the Starks. These are an important family to the story. Lord Eddard, or Ned, is in charge, along with his wife Catelyn, and their five kids, Rob, Sansa, Arya, Bran and Rickon. They live, and Ned is Lord of, Winterfell. Also there is Jon Snow, Ned's illegitimate son. All bastard children have a set surname. In the north, it's Snow. And Theon Greyjoy, who is a willing hostage of Ned's after his family, the Greyjoys, lost a battle. Each of Ned's children, including John, are given a direwolf, which is basically a massive wolf. Ned learns of the death of the King's Hand, who's the King's right-hand man, who also happens to be Ned's beloved foster father, and is visited by the King and his family, including, and here's an important people alert, King Robert Baratheon himself, Queen Cersei, her brothers Jaime and Tyrion Lannister, and their son Joffrey. The king confides in Ned that he feels unsafe and asks Ned to become his new hand and offers to wed his son Joffrey to Ned's daughter Sansa as a sweetener. That evening, Catelyn Stark received a message from her sister, the Hand's widow, suggesting the Lannisters may have had something to do with the Hand's death and that the king is in danger. Jon Snow, angry at being excluded from the banquet because of his status, asks his uncle Benjen, a member of the Night's Watch, to take him back to the wall with him. We then jumped over to a new land across the sea called Pentos, where Prince Viserys Targaryen, who wants to take King Robert's throne, has struck a deal with the fearsome Dothraki nomads and married his sister Daenerys to their warlord, Karl Drogo, in exchange for an army. As a wedding gift, she received some books from Jorah Mermont, who's an exiled knight who now serves the Targaryens, along with some old dragon eggs which have seemingly turned to stone. Back in Winterfell, the episode ended when Bran Stark found Queen Cersei having sex with her twin brother Jaime. To stop this incestuous news getting out, Jaime pushed Bran out of the window. We'll be right back after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So there we go. Season one. Episode one, Winter is Coming. Chris Mandel, thoughts? Uh, I loved it. It's great to watch it again. Um, it feels long though, doesn't it? It's a long episode. like An hour and 10 minutes, which is, yeah, yeah, which is quite but long it's just, for, for Thrones. Yeah, There's just a lot of stuff. And I remember when they cut to the, the, the first Daenerys scene, I was so 
busy with all the stuff going on in the north, I was like, oh my God, I forgot all about this like wedding. It's a really violent. And I, oh, there was part of me that was like, oh God, like not this. Because I think the Daenerys storyline generally, like early on, a lot of nudity, a lot of rape, mm. a lot of getting yeah. slapped around. Like it's not really like a laugh a minute. <laughs> no. It's it quite felt, hard to watch because... It felt problematic watching... And House uh, of the Dragon has done so much to like... Um, erase some of the poor treatment of women on the show. Uh, obviously they have intimacy coordinators now and not suggesting yeah. that there is a, any concern in some of those scenes, but you just watch it and you feel like, Oh, this feels old in a few, in a lot of ways. Um, just, well, yeah. Yeah. I did not feel sorry for Amelia Clark. That's for sure. Um, it's, just, it, it's um, I felt quite emotional watching it. I felt like mm. it felt, really nice i was like really glad like within a couple of minutes i was like oh my god because i never rewatched it right right uh, so so this was probably i think i've like if i've seen it on like we discussed last week it's always on on sky always so if i've always got if i if it's on and i've got a spare half hour i'll just kind of pick up wherever it is and just yeah, kind of like dip yeah. in and 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 have a bit of a, a trip down memory lane but i'd never like purposely sat down and gone right here we go um and i found it really really sweet i was like mm. oh my god um but it felt like just a completely different universe to 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 where it ends up and like we say no budget i think they certainly must have re-recorded the theme tune later on because yes it's different the, isn't it it's different the theme tune felt very low-key like the orchestra was not as big yeah you know it, yeah. it didn't have the same and even the titles obviously the titles ended up being some of the best titles ever made they they had the same kind of theory the clockwork and the the you know the model yeah. and the kind of like the drone kind of sweeps through the through the through yeah. winterfell but done on like a commodore 64 it does look different the intro it looks a little bit yeah. cheaper and a little bit less mappy i thought it looked like it was sort of done like, yeah a little bit different well we discussed this in the twitter spaces it felt to me like they it rushed it kind of like they they it just didn't feel finished you know yes. and yeah 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 that 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 sounds and and like right. the, the grading of it and the costumes to the hair that it felt like it was about a month's worth of meetings short mm. where people had gone do we like jamie lannister because we've really made him look like the prince in shrek 2 you know it's that so kind of so much like the prince in shrek 2 <laughs> <laughs> it's so true they look silly. They, know, look, they look the, quite the, silly. The curtains, yeah, it, it, and it did. And I have to say, and and so and you know what? Someone asked a really important. Someone asked, made a really really good point on um, on Twitter. Was uh, was and this was uh, Bruce Manor Bronze put this on Twitter, saying, "Do we think that the pilot would have been picked up without any of the White Walker scenes? Because I think that without that, it came across as just another." medieval period drama oh interesting um that's a really good point that is a really good question i think it's yeah we, we we should talk about the fact it opens with the the white walker sort of attack and that yeah. young lad before the credits which i don't credits, know if we ever got i don't know if we ever got a cold open um and they did do them and, later but i mean for it to sort of put you in one space and then you know, we talked the other episode, last last week's episode, that the White Walkers don't really come in in a real way for quite a long time. Um, mm. I mean, I think it would it got kind of picked up because they knew that there was like book, lots of books and there was a lot. But I think when you look at it at face value, uh, I guess what that comment is sort of alluding to is that there's not a lot of dynamism. There's a lot of like, oh, something might be happening. John Aaron maybe got murdered, but we don't know who that person is. And he's obviously dead by the time the show starts. A lot of the drama is tied to dead people. And it's yeah. very hard to get a sense of that interiority with those people while yeah. they're dead. And they, so didn't it, do a, they didn't do a great job of, of, of that, of, of, of fleshing out that relationship that, or what even the role of a hand of the king was. Because exactly. that was just like, I don't really yeah. know what that... I don't Sansa really understand says, what that uh, is. He'll be the, the second most powerful person in the kingdom. But I'm like, what kingdom? Like, how big is the kingdom? Are you not in yeah. your kingdom? You know, the the broader strokes are quite hard to get a, a grasp on. And yeah, a lot of the like, I'm the warden of the north. I execute people who leave the wall. 
you're like, okay, seems a bit harsh because he seems genuinely quite stressed. He's trying to tell you something yeah, really why important. It's like, why haven't you just asked him what he's talking about? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a really good, what I really like though, is when um, Bran says, you know, to, to his father, he saw White Walkers. He says he saw White Walkers and Ned says they've not been seen for thousands of years. And Bran says, so he's lying then. And Ned's like, um, uh, uh. <laughs> it's quite funny because <laughs> Ned's, Ned's like, well, I'm not calling him a liar, but I did just chop his head off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I thought there was, um, yeah, to your point, I thought there was some really sweet moments. Obviously, this is the only episode ever where the whole Stark family are together. And I love the feast where Arya's throwing food, Sansa's trying to impress Cersei. John is like out on the porch because he's not allowed in with the, uh, the rest of them it's like i'm kicking out the dog isn't it like yeah yeah, yeah. um Aww. and i thought there was some really tender moments I, I just thought it all i we talked about this on spaces but like Maisie williams does so much with aria with so little sansa yeah. does quite a lot uh, sorry sophie turner does so yeah. much with sansa uh throughout saying very little um and yeah i think there's a real even i think john is great um God, i keep calling them by their character names kit harrington is great as john you know yeah it's this- amazing how f- how f- you know we look back and there was a lot of talk as the seasons went on about oh my god how how the characters are formed and and this that and the other but uh, it's 90 percent there already isn't yeah. it and i said to you yeah. there was like a great like 30 second montage or kind of like tracking shot where where like it's like a 30 seconds of footage where you saw Sansa doing a bit of needlework mm-hmm. and you saw Arya kind of being a tomboy and kind of pouting because she was being asked to do something or other and John was being a noble soldier and Robin you know they were teaching Bran how to shoot an arrow but he couldn't and and in those in those moments without and hardly had even said anything all of their fully formed characters that we would then go and and and, and enjoy over the next decade were all there straight away mm. it was yeah. it was yeah. it was great but yeah, yeah. you know i completely forgot that that's the only episode where all of the stark family are together at one point that's made me really sad it is really sad and i think honestly my naive self when i first watched it i thought oh yeah they will get back together they will all see each other but i i can't remember quite how it is in the second episode but i'm fairly sure well ned's gone now hasn't he didn't Ned? well they they start hunting at the end of the episode when bran has his fall and i think at the start of the next episode they're leaving but i think so maybe they're there maybe they're there together at the beginning of the next one then because i'm sure yeah i don't know or maybe john's left with john has to give Arya her sword has to give her needle but i don't i think i don't think I don't think Bran and Catelyn, oh, I don't think they interact with the rest of them in the next episode because I think Bran is in his coma by this point. But That's anyway, right, yeah. it's just really interesting because the family is permanently split apart um, from this point and they never really reunite again until the very end. I saw a really funny fan theory online though um, on one of the Wikipedia pages for the episode, which is that when Robert is meeting the Starks, any character that he makes physical contact with dies in the show. So Ned, Catelyn, Rickon, and Rob. Nah, because he picked up Arya and took took her away in the feast. No, no, Robert, when he was greeting them at Winterfell, they're all lined up, right? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant Rob Stark, sorry. No, 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 sorry. So Rob Baratheon... King meets the Starks and each of the characters that he physically touches dies in the show. And the ones that he doesn't touch are Bran, Jon, Arya, Sansa, and they all survive. And so during the show, there was this theory that there was this like curse. Robert had, it was this sort of curse and literally they were doomed as soon as he touched them, which is, I just thought was really funny, but it's obviously just one of those things that it just happened to happen with the footage they used. Yeah, that the characters that, just, that he didn't touch will survive on the show. That's very cool. Absolutely that's very, very wild. Cool. Um, but yeah, there's loads of loads of amazing moments that I think one of them that I really like is the finding the direwolves and finding the dead yeah. stag. You know, that is symbolic. That's a great moment. As I, as I mentioned on the Twitter Spaces, uh, little fun fact for you: that dead stag was a real dead stag. It was not like a Disgusting. prosthetic stag. 
um, I'll put up a photo. In fact, I'll put it up on Twitter actually. I took of how bad the actual fake animals looked in real life. Oh, <laughs> I've yeah, got a great yeah, one. Yeah. I've got a great one of a horse, and it looks like just a comedy. It looks worse than a pantomime horse. But that stag <laughs> with the maggots was was genuinely um, was a genuine dead stag that the. Um, I went and spoke to the guy that provided all of the animals to for Game of Thrones in Belfast for a Sunday Times piece. And um, and that stag died, I think, like maybe the day before or it had been, oh, wow. it was part of the culling. So it had been cold the day right, before. Right. But, but apparently it was a really hot day that they were shooting and it just reeked, absolutely reeked. Um, um, I went to that scene where they find the direwolves is, uh, it was shot in Tollymore Forest near Castle Ward. Yeah, which where is my where- mates got married. Is it really? Oh yeah, that's on that where that that kind of little road is in yeah. that forest bit. That's they got married on that exact spot. Um, beautiful, beautiful woods, beautiful place, and then Castle Ward obviously yeah. is where they film Winterfell in season one. Just that, particularly that bit where they're doing the archery, you can see just beyond the low wall all the trees. You know, they literally shot it in a car park. It was basically like the size of a car park. And then I think going <laughs> on to season two, I think they built a set. Yeah. Like, a, like a, a big, you know, a big warehouse. They started to spend a bit. They started to yeah, spend a bit. But you can it. see, like, because it is this supposed to be this huge castle. And then you go and you see them doing the archery and it's just, there's like a wall like that high. You're like, yeah. who's that keeping out? Um, but yeah, the really interesting thing I sort of didn't catch maybe on previous watches, but just that dire wolves, which are the sigils of the Stark, they don't normally come south of the wall. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that as I well as that a, the first time, like an, an omen of, yes. the, of what's going on. But yeah. just that idea that the northern, you know, sort of um, animal ventures further south, dies in a collision with a with a stag, which is exactly what happens to Ned and Robert. You know, he ventures south and it kills him. You know, he, he dies. From it. It's so good. And yeah, just it, the, the sort of um, symbolism in it is just really interesting, I think. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, all there. Really it's all there that it's a doomed. And I think, you know, they they do use animals really significantly on this show and, and in the books as well. It's a it's a real warning, I think, that um the bad times are yeah. ahead. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a not a shot wasted. Not a, not shot, a shot wasted. wasted. That is wasted. correct. Um I did think in t- some scenes I thought we talked about this on spaces, but the King's Landing stuff, Cersei and Jamie are, um John Aaron's sort of funeral uh, or, or or sort of um, embalming or whatever it is, the dubbing on it is dreadful. It's really, yes. honestly, yeah, if there you was told a, me it was translated from like Spanish, I would believe there you. A, there was a moment where someone had, I think uh, Sophie Turner had had to kind of like record another shot. It was, that's Jamie Lannister. Yeah, yeah. It was just like But so there's no bad. shot of her lips moving. It's just while yeah. she's looking oh. over here. Um, so there's quite a lot of that. They'd obviously recorded it and then gone back and gone, oh, hang on a sec, we don't know who he is. Yeah. What I'm interested in though is, you know, Cersei and Jamie talk about John Aaron, like, what did he know when he died? To to sort of emphasize the idea that there is this kind of murder mystery element driving season one. But it also yeah. feels like a bit of like five minutes that you could have you could have introduced that elsewhere. Like we get the letter from Catelyn's sister saying, I fled the capital, uh, my husband was murdered. He's poisoned. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny that you have to go all the way to King's Landing. I think it doesn't help the episode feel really dense and quite sort of bloated almost in places. Um, yeah, no, true. But you was have there, to establish some, those things. Sorry. Some good foreshadowing though. There was a really good moment where um, when when they all when the royal entourage arrived at, at Winterfell um, where Arya, there's just a nice shot of Arya really examining the hound um, like a couple, you know, I, I, it's like, oh my God, yeah. The life they've both got to come is just like, the journey those two are going to go on is just like incredible. Yeah. Um, and then she's got a I warrior's thought, helmet on, you know, sort of ostensibly clowning around, but like she doesn't yeah. want her braided hair. She just hates it. That's not her. Yeah. She's kind of put a put a, a helmet on to sort of cover it up, I suppose. But um, and, and then like you say, do, do you think it was made, do you think, 
you know, I always bang on about how it was coloured and brightly lit and well, quite badly lit and and just looked weird. Do you think that was a conscious choice that they knew that, that over a period, you know, like how the Matrix is always, everything's like a, sh- a different shade of green, mm. like all the costumes and the, mm. the, the, the colouring is all given a green whenever they're in the Matrix, like subconsciously. Do you think there was a conversation where it's just like, well, season one, slightly more jolly because no one really knows what's to come. But by the time we get to EG hard home uh it looks borderline monochrome and and there's that kind of weird uh dust you know that kind of ash effect yeah. that everything had yeah um because because it just felt it feels it quite quite swashbuckly yeah you know? i think i actually got what well, we talked about the lannisters looking a bit silly earlier in the episode but i think I think they tried very early to costume the northerners and the south the southerners differently and I think they mm. probably just overdid it a bit because the Northerners yeah. all wear quite like it furs essentially and the Southerners wear quite ornate clothing. And I just think like in some ways it got taken a bit too far to your other point about how bleak it gets later. I think once they're in like active war and that there is a war on, I think most characters wear a little bit more armor and a bit more plating because yeah, you literally true. can't, you yeah. can't just go for a jaunt to behead someone who left a night. So it, it would, you'd have to be protected. And so it's probably yeah, factored it. That's probably an element of it. But yeah, I think that, I think um, they they really try to distinguish how people would have their hair and how people would. I think I remember in the books. I haven't read the books. I've only read the books all the way through once. But I think I'm right in saying that the Sansa and Arya's hair is done in a way that they haven't done in the South to sort of endear them to the Queen. Is like a sort of right. Uh, like, I so see. we don't look yeah. so foreign to you, um, and yeah. One okay. other interesting thing is in the books, Catelyn is the one that is like, you should go south and take the job because you need to, you need to go down there. It's a good move. Whereas in this episode, she sort of is like, oh, don't leave me. Wow, like she's yeah. a little bit a bit of a wet blanket. Unfortunately, I think that's probably that's more television, isn't it? Kind of like tug on the heartstrings, make it, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Amazing. But she's the um, one that says then, we should get betro- we should get Sansa betrothed. It's good for the family. Like she's quite political yeah. in the books, which I think is missing in the show. And then, um, like we say, about two thirds of the way in, we get the rug pulled from under our feet, and we end up in some searing hot kind of land, um, meeting the Targaryens. Who you know, I, I really enjoyed Robert Baratheon's like, not all of them. Very uh, good moment. That 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 was a really nice line. It was like, okay, these. It's one of the few times where it was signposted in a nice way. It was like these are important people, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoyed the opening scene with Viserys and and Daenerys a lot. I think post House of the Dragon, the Targaryens make a lot more sense to me. Mm. I always found their kind of weird sense of, enti- certainly Viserys's weird sense of, of, of historical entitlement to be a bit kind of like, oh, fucking hell, mate, come on. The Lannisters are kings. Just, yeah, you know, the Lannisters, uh, the Baratheons are on the throne. Deal with it, mate. You know, but now that we we had a glimpse of the Targaryen Empire before, his character makes a lot more sense. And actually his mannerisms were really Targaryen. Yeah, there was, you know, I, I know that. You, you know, he was very Aemond, uh, very kind of, actually a lot better than I remembered. Yes. I think he kind of stuck out like a sore thumb the first time I watched it. I just thought he was a bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, it was actually, he felt just like a Targaryen. And, and the great. way he dresses is echoed in House of the Dragon. It's very similar mm. palette. It's, it's really, really yes. smart. Um, they had these, one thing that we'd never seen before and hadn't picked up on that they, and I don't think we saw much later on, they had their own version of the kind of like, you know, the Lannister with the hand of the king pin. Yeah, he did. Daenerys and Viserys were wearing these amazing kind of like triple headed dragon brooches Mm. um, that just looked looked brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, But for me, it was, it was a, it was a tricky, it was a tricky Targaryen narrative through this one because it was just so, it's pretty pro, you know, clearly problematic. Um, I'm not quite sure how, apart from less nudity, um, which was, which was unnecessary. Yeah. You know, 
you can't really you can't really justify any of it to be honest especially the the kind of see-through negligee that even when she was closed clothed they forced um they forced Daenerys to put ridiculous, on ridiculous yeah also Daenerys um, doesn't say a lot this episode she just sort of has to bite her lip and whimper quite a lot and it is ridiculous when she yeah. becomes essentially like the the antagonist and the protagonist of this whole show just how little yeah, and- she has to do in this episode and in the next episode, where actually the whole thing that, that turns Daenerys around is where she learns how to go on top. Is that like that's literally her yeah, story arc? Because when she gets taught by yeah. taught by a prostitute to like hold on a second, let me let me enjoy this as well. And it's just and, like I just think like it's it's yeah, it's just wild that they're like let's just show her, let's see it, let's see her put her new tips to good use. It's just a bit like oh, it's so weird. It's not great. It's so weird. Um, but is that, but how else, I mean, all of that is, I'm presuming clearly in the books. It is. And, and unfortunately, you know, no, no, uh, shade to our friend George, but it is like, you know, a lot of detail about, you know, her swollen breasts and all this kind of thing. Like it's so laid on so thick, like no wonder it takes him so long to write these things. Cause he's probably cracking one out after he's done a chapter. It's really... <laughs> I'll delete it's, that. Please come on the podcast, George. <laughs> no, but it, you just, you, yeah. But in some episodes, yeah. there's some bits where like bowel movements are described with a, like several paragraphs. Like it's a lot. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I find the Targaryen storyline this season, it is quite hard. It's quite linear compared to all the machinations going on in Westeros. And it is, I mean, there's some brilliant moments. And it ends beautifully, but I think it's quite hard, even rewatching it, to conflate what's going on there with what's going on up north, what's going on. You know, there's a lot. And I think, yeah, there are something like 36 characters in this episode. Yeah. And that's... Um, quick note on the... on the. Uh, did you get a little shiver when you saw the dragon eggs for the first time? I did. I was trying to... I was trying to sort of pass like what the status is of those so they they are petrified kind of yeah fossilized. Um, from the sh- they're, f- they're fossilized from the shadowlands they've from the they've shadowlands sadly- of a shy which is actually where melisandre is from yeah uh and this is east of volantis it's where a lot of dark magic it's weird it's sort of lots of sulfur and it's kind of crazy so yeah, yeah presumably a dragon from before the doom of valyria laid them and they were petrified and they've just been sort of, I don't think anyone knows that there's a chance they can hatch. There's a genuine feeling. No, they're, they're kind like of like trinkets. They're gift shop, gift shop trinkets, aren't they really? Yeah. That's what they're seeing. Yeah. Isn't they? And they don't, you know, they look like stones. They don't look yeah. like yeah. dragon eggs that we've seen in, in, in House of the Dragon at all. No. Um, but yeah, kind of, it's like, oh I yes. I love that. Love that bit. Also there was the, um, the books that Jorah, uh, I enjoyed seeing Jorah again. Yeah. It felt like I was like, I oh, forgot he was in this episode. Yeah. I thought he came in later like, for some reason. Uh, and he gave a, as a wedding gift like history books, which which was a, I think was a bit of foreshadowing because otherwise it'd be kind of like, how is this mm. meek uh, girl going to learn about all of the other lands and all of the other people? Um, she's clearly been kept as almost like a concubine for, for, for so long. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so here's the knowledge that you need to, to go on and become uh Stor- Daenerys Stormborn, first of your name. Um, n- nice hearing the word Khaleesi for the first time as well. It was, yeah. And, um, and also the birth of Jason Momoa as a, as, as a universal sex symbol um, was, uh, was born from that episode, which is weird because, yeah. He's a pretty nasty shit. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really, doesn't really do anything, does he? No, no. It's quite a strange... It's so interesting, um, you know, as a character, He, yeah, he doesn't have a lot to him. He, he, he dies quite um, pathetically from Is an he, infection. Like, uh, yeah. And he... Yeah, they obviously have a sort Where's of he die? So what was the... Sorry to interrupt. What was the... There was a drama, wasn't there, about his death where she where Daenerys attacked the witch that was trying to save him. Yeah, so she makes a bargain with uh, a witch to try and save his life. And she stops him from dying, but he is like brain dead. 
and That's the witch, it, yeah. and then it also causes Daenerys to lose her baby. Lose her baby, that was it. And so she son. sacrifices yeah. the witch, burns her alive on the funeral pyre. And yeah. I, I think, and again, that's, that's kind of what causes... Is that, and that's the fire that causes the dragons to come. Essentially, alive, yeah. I mean, they don't really yeah. go as far as to explain a lot about it, but the birth of magic and the birth of dragons seem very interconnected. And yeah. that also seems connected to the White Walkers in some way, this sort of two things in in balance so you can't have one without the other uh but yeah, yeah, yeah it's sort of not really explained and i think it's part of this um idea that she is this sort of prophet or this deity that is born again because mm. no one is quite sure it shouldn't have happened even what we know from house of the dragon no one has three dragons that's just really greedy and yet she yeah, yeah, has yeah. three she's birthed them and that's why she constantly calls herself their mother um, yeah. but I think a lot of that I, I think the Daenerys stuff gets really good in season 3 but I think it's it's there out of necessity for now um, and I just loved yeah. all the stuff with you know Ed uh, Ned and, and Robert Baratheon um, there's something actually in this episode I don't know if you caught this that they haven't seen each other for 9 years that's how long yeah. Robert's been on the throne so it's it's not it's long that time. long, but it's not that long since they... So they got rid of the Targaryens nine years ago. That's not that long at all. That means Rob no. Rob would be alive at that point. Rob would be, you know, a young infant yeah. because he's about 15 or something. It puts Who, it Rob in, Stark is... Is yeah, he yeah, 15? He's, about, he's supposed to be about 15. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But, wow. um, okay, I had no idea. Nine I thought, years yeah, since that's they got right. Rid of, since they got rid of the Mad King. What was the line? There was a line in there. Was it was it Catelyn that said it to Ned? Your father and brother rode south once on a, at a king's on a king's command. Yeah. Um, so and he said that, that was a different time and a different king. What was that referring? So to? that was the Mad King. That, that was the Mad King. He summoned. Okay all of the lords, all of the lords of the different kingdoms to swear fealty to him. And he, uh, I think he burned them both alive. So it's oh. Ned's father and Ned's brother. Were burnt alive by the Mad King. Yeah, oh, and okay. Ned's brother, Catelyn was betrothed to Ned's brother and he was murdered. So she got stuck with Ned uh, and had never met him when they got married. Um, oh, but also the that. reason that they're Robert and Ned are so close with John Aaron is that when they were younger, they went to sort of, uh, serve as wards for John Aaron, uh, at the Vale. And so he became like a father figure to them because their, their dads weren't around. Um, and he didn't have, John Aaron didn't have kids at that point because he hadn't married Lysa Aaron. So they, he's like a surrogate father. Oh. And I think again, like it's not really it's hard to process the loss of John Aaron when we don't really know that much about him. That's what I mean. It was quite an important, I mean, such an important first domino. Yeah. Um, that kind of just got really overlooked. I think you, yeah. if they were doing it now, I think we'd have a time jump. I think we, I think we'd mm. see all of a lot of this. I think we'd yeah. see a bit of John Aaron. I think we'd see Lysa Aaron running away from the capital. I think we'd see a bit more, but I think this is following the books very faithfully at this point. Yeah. And what you can do in the books, because every chapter is narrated by someone, it goes, John Aaron's dead. And it goes, Ned couldn't believe it. This is the man who da 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 da. That's hard to do on television. Right. And so there's yeah, a lot yeah, of exposition sure. is lost. But um, yeah, the, 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 these guys are like the generation after the generation that sort of died in the war. Each Sunday evening, before we record the episode, we go on to Twitter, do a Twitter Spaces, and invite you, the listeners, to come on and have your say about the episodes that we listen to. And last night we had some good uh, good interaction with a couple of you, and here is what went down. I think one of the things that really uh, struck me when I watched it back is that you really get a feel now for the kind of the downfall of the, the Targaryen family, having seen it all in, in all its grandeur in House of the Dragon. Mm. Um, yeah. and seeing them at their very peak and then going into um, episode one of Thrones where there's just the two of them that remain kind of and they're squirreled away um, on the one from Robert Baratheon's assassins and stuff like that and you really get a feel for how the dynasty kind of went from being all conquering to something that was really quite almost quite, quite pathetic in the end in that um, in that first episode anyway before Daenerys kind of had the resurgence but yeah that was kind of one of the key things that I took from it was uh 
um, you, re- you really have a, a newfound appreciation for just how far they fell. The episode starts off really with the White Walkers is the first thing we see. So when you first yeah. think that's going to be the whole of that series, that, that's what I was expecting to come. Then obviously it goes away for most of the first of the series. But watching it back, you sort of think, oh, they look different for start anyway. And then there was a lot more um, I was expecting that, that didn't come until much later on. Thank you so much to those guys that got involved. The next one will be this Sunday, which will be the uh, the 20th of... That's right, isn't it? 20th, 20th of November. November yeah. uh, 7.30pm UK time. Uh, so do pop on to the Twitter uh, account at dragoncast underscore pod and, uh, and get involved there. We'll look ahead as we get a bit further into it. We might do... We might live stream an episode on YouTube, for instance, and, and, and invite you guys on there in some way. That might be quite cool to do. Um, but uh, until then, it's going to be on Twitter Spaces on Sunday evenings at 7.30pm. The next one we're going to be talking about is episode four of season one, which is Cripples, uh, Bastards and Broken Things. Um which I can't really remember much about. We were quite surprised that it got picked. Yeah, here we are. quite surprised because it's still quite early in the season. It's the first episode where we have Samuel Tarly. Um, mm. Tyrion, I think we Tyrion gets arrested by Catelyn at the end of the episode. So we're not even getting all the drama in the Eyrie. We're not yeah. getting, I thought the episode where Viserys is killed with all the molten gold might get in there. Yeah, the golden crown. That's I actually what, thought yeah, the finale might get in there as well because that's a really, you know, a really good episode but yeah exciting. i mean excited yeah. to get into it and, and really it is what it is yeah really intrigued this is our boaty mcboat face episode where you know <laughs> the public shows that what the public chose we should, we should find we out what the worst rated episode it's probably one from the final season but what the worst rated episode on like rotten tomatoes is let's find that out now the worst rated episode of game of thrones on as according to rotten tomatoes anyway uh is season eight correct episode six uh the the iron throne is that the last episode isn't it yeah 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 i mean which i'll I'll imagine i imagine we'll watch that at some point well i think with season eight i think there's so many episodes to to get into that i'm sort of worried wondering if we do a whole do the whole season i'm up for that Six that. episodes. Um, I mean, they're all quite, you know, big. It's important. Um, yeah. Although, you know, you look at the ratings, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of season eight shit posting going on. But if you take out season eight, which I think slightly unfairly treated a lot of them, you know, season five, episode six got 54%. 54, you know, season when your lowest rated episode is still on 47%, that's not bad going. Season five, episode um, six, you know, you know which one that is? You know why that's... The- that is, um, uh, the synopsis of it is, Arya begins training, Jorah and Tyrion encounter slavers, Tristan and Marcella make plans, Jamie and Bronn reach their destination. Uh, what's it called? What's it called? Unbowed, unbrent, yeah. unbent, unbroken. It is... Sansa's wedding night to Ramsay Bolton and it is the one ah, with the it's the one it's that one with the rape yeah. and I think yeah. that is a necessary uh a necessary sort of pile on because I mean I, I had to re- so I was reviewing that at the time I was reviewing Game of Thrones for the week the American magazine wow, and okay. I watched it at 2am because they had a I had a deadline in the US I had to yeah. file you know Sunday night their time and I watched it and I was like, I I need an hour to process how I feel about this. And I needed to do the copy in much less time. And oh, just thinking, you know, because everyone's asleep. Game of Thrones wasn't quite at the point where everyone was watching it in the middle of the night in the UK. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is going to, this is going to like gonna blow off. up. This is going to be unbearable. Yeah. Uh, and rightly so. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. That, it yeah, be- I was doing Thronecast at the time and the, it, it it fucking kicked off <laughs> to, um, to say it absolutely kicked off just such a good example of like do you know what we don't need to see every instance of sexual violence on this show um should we say i'll tell you what might be interesting is um like over the years certain critics have like risen to the fore as like being i guess 
kind of definitive voices on Thrones. It'd be interesting. So their full review of, of the season one, episode one. Uh, Alan Sepinall, Sepinwall, mm. who like talks a lot about Game of Thrones stuff. Um, uh, his quote was, I was only occasionally confused and never outright lost. That's pretty damning with faint praise, really, isn't it? Uh, much of that's to the credit of the fine actors on display. Um, James uh, Poniewozak from Time magazine said, yeah. and there you have your pilot, a very different one from many first episodes, even on HBO, in that it didn't so much tell a single story or establish symmetries amongst the subplots. Rather, it just set a very large table. Good piece of writing there, James. And he is now um, a TV critic at the New York Times, James is. Ah. Um, yeah, very good. Look, we've, uh, wow, we've managed to squeeze an hour out of uh, season one, episode one of Game of Thrones. The future yeah. is looking good. Yeah, um, <laughs> any comments, anything we missed, uh, do put it in the uh, in the comments either below or let us know at Twitter at dragoncast underscore pod or email um, dragoncast at da- daftdoris.com. Now, Chris, the Americans, it's the elephant in the room. It's the yes. 75 episode <laughs> elephant in the room. I watched two episodes this week. How many did you watch? Uh, only one. It's been a really busy week. <laughs> it's clear that we are we have bitten off more than we can chew in many respects. Um, yeah. So, what are you thinking? Um, we've got two choices. Yeah. We either just plan regardless and pick it up next week. Yeah. But I think four episodes to watch in a week is a lot. And yeah. it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, it become it feels like work and I don't think either of us want it to feel like work because it takes away the joy of watching a great show because mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be a great show. Right. So we either do two episodes at a time, which is going to take a long time, or we choose something else. I think we might... I think we should do the OA. Should we do the OA? Yeah, I think the Americans makes more sense once we don't have the Thrones rewatch on our slate. Okay. Because yeah. actually I was looking at my calendar and <laughs> I don't know if anyone anyone listening uses one. They're great. Uh, but yeah, we're going to... Thrones is going to take up a lot of our time. Um, yeah. We'll be doing just under a season a month just based on the fact we're doing three episodes. So I think it'll take us right up to around April. Um, yeah. But then maybe extended because I think, I think season seven and eight, which are shorter, I think we should maybe definitely do three do. for season seven. I think season eight, there's We could arguably, do it all, couldn't we? I think we could because yeah. I think it's it's one very complicated storyline cut into, you know, it just, there's not a lot of um, dead weight in season eight just because it's all There's not plot. enough. There's not enough dead weight. Yeah. Do you know what? That season would, both of them, they would have been so good if they were 10 seasons. Spread it out a bit. There's a, not to, I know we've sort of done talking about Game of Thrones, but there's an amazing detail in this episode where Cersei says, we've been traveling from King's Landing to Winterfell for a month. And I'm like, Jon Snow could make that trip in about three hours, actually, in later seasons, because they haven't got that. Just like, just, just rocks up. But I I imagine that. that one thing you could say is that as they are the royal uh you know traveling party maybe they're stopping off at a few places checking in with a few liege lords you know yeah maybe maybe or maybe they just hadn't sorted their shit out and worked out things like that they didn't realize how much they'd be hopping around towards the end yeah exactly great episode Um, okay right so shock horror apologies to anyone i don't think anyone's started watching the americans on our account but if you have do apologize I don't think you'll be disappointed though, because I think, I suspect a lot of you haven't watched the OA. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody should. And I'm really excited that you haven't watched it at all, Chris. I know um, bits about it, very broad strokes. Okay. So, sh- shall I just read the synopsis for it very quickly? Yes, that's a good idea. Um, so, this is good old Wikipedia. Thank you very much. So, there are, oh, so, it's in two parts. There's there's part one and part two. Uh, each one only has uh, eight episodes in each season or part. So, and it's very root. It's just an American 
mystery drama. Um, it's got, it's very supernatural. It's very sci-fi. There's bits of fantasy. It's quite meta. It's quite what the fuck. Uh, it focuses on a character called um, Prairie Johnson, who is an adopted woman who resurfaces seven years after going missing. Um, and interestingly enough, um, the reason it's it's slightly kind of like a bit of a what the fuck moment is that when she comes back, everyone's like, what's gone on? She's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you're not blind anymore. She used to be blind. So oh. it's, it, it's, it's, and that's the, your first kind of like mic drop moment where you think, what the hell is going on here? I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Okay. You don't, you know, it's, it's made, it's pretty much the, the, the come from the brain of um, Brit Marling and Zal Batmanjil, who um, they've collaborated on a whole ton of stuff together. And it's their baby. They show runners. She stars in it. Um, you know, she is the blind, the um, formerly blind girl, Brit Marling, right? Correct. Correct. Jason Isaacs uh, is in it. Is that right? Jason Isaacs in it. Um, very important part. Sharon Van Etten's in it as well. What? Um, yeah. That's wild. It's, it is wild. Yeah. That's weird. Really wild. Um, and I loved it with all my heart. It's mental and I can't wait for everyone to watch it. So join me uh, and Chris next week on Monday where we will be watching and dissecting Dissect. episode one of part one of the airway. It's on Netflix. Go and seek it out, please, because I think you will love it. Yeah. Deal? Deal. Deal. Chris Mandel, until next week. It's been a pleasure. Dracaris, my friend. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkars. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.